as a young boy, old folks thought I was cool. I did good in school, so mama let me bend the rules. I grew up with an attitude to do just what I choose. What's up, everybody, to another episode of Shooting the Shit. And we have a very, very special guest, Miranda Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for inviting me. I'm super excited. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. For, for everyone who doesn't know who she is, can you please just give yourself a quick introduction? She's a very special and successful lady. It's an honor for you to have us on the show. Amen. So please just say a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, well, I'm originally from Sumter, South Carolina. And um, I started teaching in 2009. I'm a graduate of South Carolina State University in 2009. So I started teaching shortly after that and um, w- knew I wanted to be a high school coach. So started coaching. Actually, I coached cheerleading first. It's crazy. Never been a cheerleader. But, but, the, uh, <laughs> but I coached cheerleading first and then um, was coaching track uh, same year. Um, been coaching for 10, 11 years now. Um, so, yeah. Uh, then I became an athletic director last year. Um, and so was, this year was sort of my first year. This pandemic kind of messed everything up for my first year. But, you know, you live you, and you learn, <laughs> um, which we certainly are doing right now during this pandemic because nobody knows what's going on um, mm-hmm. as far as it's not a normal year. So as far as sports and stuff, it's just like with the whole world, high school athletics is on hold right now, too. But, um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. All right, fantastic. All right, and for you other two, Pat, how you doing, bro? <laughs> you know, just being healthy out here in the wild, wild west, you know, doing what we can, uh, trying to stay out the way. Uh, black power always, feel me? But man, ready to get going. Black nutritional pack. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Cap, how are you? I'm alive. I can't complain. Feel a little congested, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna do the right thing. I'm gonna quarantine myself. I'm gonna get retested again. Drink plenty of fluids. Play Call of Duty. I, I feel like I should be fine on Monday. <laughs> right. Hopefully, because that COVID <laughs> monster's out to get y'all down south, out west. Man, <laughs> it is no fun. People are getting back to normal, but this virus is not normal. So everyone, please be careful. All right. So, what are we talking about first today, Kev? All right, so the first topic we have today uh, is Oklahoma State's Mike Gundy, uh, again, being accused, I'm sorry, uh, by Alfred Williams of using racial slurs back in the day uh, as a quarterback during his game. Um, Sean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, in short, Mike Gundy needs to go. He, He is who he is. And he's only allowed to be who he is as long as the players allow it. He's been mm-hmm. given a lot of rope with who he is and how he conducts himself. But they're not taking it anymore, so he needs to go because his first job is to have control of the locker room and to have his players play to the best of their ability. And it's really interesting that even during the hostage video that was masked up as an apology, the player was the one saying sorry not the coach. Right. And you add that to the 30 years of racism that he's shown and God knows how poorly he's treated the players when they didn't realize they didn't have any power. And he, he, he has to go. Like, there's really no no point having him on. And it's really our fault for letting this slide for so long, to be honest, because he's been who he is. He didn't change. We're the ones that have changed. And that's really our fault as a collective. Yeah, as far as... Uh... Mike Gundy goes just a little personal story real quick um as as you all personally know as the show might not know but my son goes to a pretty prestigious high school out here in uh, in Arizona Scott uh Saguaro in Scottsdale um many many football recruits come out of this high school so last spring my son is working out with his team and uh, my son's not a huge sports follower he knows some people he he doesn't know a lot of people but um in particular uh, Mike Gundy comes on campus, and my son knows Mike Gundy because of the mullet. Super excited <laughs> to meet Mike Gundy. Super excited to see Mike Gundy. Um, when this news broke with with Shuba uh, earlier last week, I showed it to my son. Complete, complete. Uh, I've never seen my son so disappointed. Um, so, so that's just number one. It's super disappointing to to see someone who you 
I don't know what we thought we were going to get from Mike Gunny because once this all has come out, you kind of like, eh, yeah, I see that. But to know that someone who's in charge of facilitating our black athletes' careers, their lives, making them better men feels this way, um, it's, it's extremely disappointing. Um, and I'm going to go back to what we said about Drew Brees. This is an intelligent man. This is not a man who is in the world who who doesn't know the impact of what's being said or what he's doing. Um, so it, it's pretty uh, condemning to me that he didn't try and fight what Alfred Williams is saying. He just basically shut up. Because Alfred Williams said, I got the receipts, buddy, so I dare you to come out and say you didn't because I got 20 to 30 people ready to ride on you say you did. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I'm all about this because let's just face it. We have people who we hold in high regard because of the status they have in, in the sports world, and we really need to know who these people are. Um, people are trusting their kids' future with these people, and... And, you know, th- these are the things they believe in. These are the things they've done. Everyone has a past. Everyone has to answer for that past. And right now, if you if you have shown yourself to be a racist, it's zero tolerance. So. Time to answer. Sorry, time uh, to cut. How do you feel about Miranda? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So I don't think that the way that the athlete came about it was correct. I wouldn't have put it on Twitter, but I get why he did it because he's a kid and right now that's the biggest way that you can get change really quick so i get that um and and i think in his video apology he said something like i should have came to him as a man and this that and the third now with that aside the adult here is the coach and i think that head coaches should be cognizant of the social emotional you know needs of their players especially if most of your team is made up of black athletes um to say that you are oblivious to racial relations that are going on i don't accept it i don't accept any of the the um uh you know i guess it's like a trend right now well teach me no like you're you're twice as old as me like you you know you're not oblivious to stuff like you never turn on the tv you never you don't read any articles you don't get on twitter like come on like you you Google, like Google University, come on, like YouTube, like come on. There's, there's no possible way. So I don't think the apology was sincere. I don't, I'm not really accepting it because I don't think it was sincere. I think it's, um, a way to, okay, I might lose some recruiting. He's looking at it as a business thing, and I think I was listening to ESPN, and they were talking about the grad rate among black athletes at his um program. Why is it? 48%. 48%. I think they said it was, was 38 and it's risen up to 48. That's still less than 50% of your athletes graduating. Like, and that was a big disparity between the amount of um, white athletes and black athletes. You know, are you really pushing them to, you know, do their best and actually attain a degree? Or do you know that they're only here to be in the NFL? So that's all you're going to, you're going to just keep them to where they're just enough eligible. Like, I don't think, and I think that's a trend for a lot of head coaches in power five schools. Like, um, I'm not going to say Dabo Sweeney is one of them because I've I've interacted with him and seen him recruit a black athlete and he really does care about his black athletes. And I think with him not coming out and saying anything, I think it's just he's kind of sticking his middle finger up to the media like I do what I want to, you know, so. But right. that's, that's, so, that's pretty much him. Yeah. All right. And Miranda touched on it in the beginning of what she said, but there really has been a shift of college players from individually asking for change and protection from the abuse to a collective demand for it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's so refreshing to see, especially on social media. It's the fastest way to get it. It's mm-hmm. really the only way to have instant power in your hands. Right. And it's the same power that the establishment of college sports has shown and flexed ever since it started existing. Mm-hmm. And it's really good to know that the players finally realize that the show doesn't go on without them. And they're really just exercising their right to a safe and solid work environment. And I don't see anything unreasonable with that at all. Mm-mm. I'm going to be very quick and brief on it because my I wasn't too in-depth into it. My emotion about it was two things. I'm looking at the data when this happened, 89. 
I would have been basically about a year or some change old, just <laughs> over a year old, right? I'm fast forwarding till now. And like a lot of people have said, the climate in which we're in today, everything that shows me where his mindset is, he's already done for me. So I don't really need like, I'd feel like personally, if I was one of the players, keep your apology and all that stuff. Yep. The, the, the shirt the shirt you wear, the shirt you wore, and in case those aren't aware, what was it, an OAN shirt, very far right-wing news organization. There's nothing wrong with that, but time and a place for everything. You and wore that. Training camp for Fox News. It, exactly, exactly. You you wore it in, like, you knew exactly what you were doing when you wore the shirt. That wasn't like a, oh, my wife packed that. I didn't realize she packed that T-shirt for me type stuff, you know? Uh-huh. So you, you you know what you're doing, like, like, like Miranda said, you're you're an old man. You're Patrick said you're intelligent. You you know what you're doing. So he can keep his apology. He just needs to go. Like it's time to wrap yeah. it up. Like if you're if you're pretty much not going to come out at least in support of the movement and at least come out and be a man and say like, hey, I own what I did. I was wrong. You know, I'm I'm trying to learn. You know, right my ways that I was taught. Something like that. I feel like that would have been the bare minimum, but. Since you can't even do that, really, it's 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 your time to go, you know. <laughs> well, you're nicer than me, Kev, because I'm not giving him a pass on a T-shirt. We know exactly what <laughs> OAN stands for. Oh, I- exactly. Can, I can specifically remember people had a problem with Colin Kaepernick's uh, Fidel Castro shirt and his pig, his cops in pig socks. Oh, they lost their shit over it. So you know what? I'm not giving nobody a pass over a T-shirt. Also, mm-hmm. one of my favorite ones to add, don't forget Obama's tan suit. I don't know if y'all remember that a few years ago. I remember ago. Uh, yeah. that. was huge, no, huge that on fire. funny to read, yeah. Um, but in the interest of moving forward, I know we've kind of touched on it just now, uh, but Sean, you're obviously going to go first. What are your thoughts on college players now, now that they are realizing they have more power than you know they were initially told? I feel like it's... It's a realization that it's a labor management relationship. They're just unpaid labor. So because of that, they're realizing that they aren't treated like regular college students due to the demands of their jobs. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's played or worked in college sports know that being the college athlete is a borderline full-time job between, mm-hmm. between practice and weight room stuff and actual games and watching tape and prepping for games. And not only that, but the billions of dollars that are generated from the labor, it goes yeah. to everyone but them. It goes into improving the school. It goes into improving the other programs that are always working as a minus to compensate for and for them to run. And another thing is that they're unique college football players because they don't have another option to go somewhere if they want to play at the next level, whether it's the NFL or elsewhere. They have to go through college sports. Mm-hmm. So they have a right to demand a, a, a safe and fair work environment if only because they don't have anywhere to go. That's their only option. So I think they're asking for the bare minimum of their demands. And if coaches aren't where they got to go because they don't have to play. They're students, remember? Like, they're not working. So it's a voluntary thing. And whatever happens from that happens. But they like I'm so happy that the college guys are realizing that they have power. They have real power, and they're exercising it. And it's really fun watching the establishment squirm because it's been the other way around for the past God knows how long. Mm-hmm. I will say um, I, I get where we're coming from with the, the college players realizing that they have power of their voice, their platform, right? Um, these kids are still hamstrung for the most part. Um, because they're not being paid. Um, so when we look at uh, kids speaking out on social media, it's usually more of a, a reaction to the fact of their power structure not giving them an outlet to voice their opinions and otherwise uh, a structure where they would have that if they were employed, paid athletes. Um I would like to see their power go further. I don't just want to hear from students when things are are done to them, right? Um, because it's easy for someone to speak out when times are hard, a la the protests and things that are going on now. Um, this is this is a very small, minute form of power to me. Um, I always look at the structure, pay the players, and let's take it a step f- 
further, give them the ability to transfer unlimited. Because as an adult, if you don't like your situation and job you're in, you can move. Shuba oh. can't, uh, he can't, I, I guess he could transfer from uh, OSU if he chose to, but what does that look like for him as far as his prospects of going to the league and what's available for him? So even though he has his voice, he's still in a powerless position because they still control what he can do with his career to some degree. So mm-hmm. while the voice is important, I still feel like the students are powerless because they're not being paid. They're not being represented well in this workforce because they still have restrictions on transfers. Um, share kids can get paid off their likeness in certain states, but that's not widespread yet. Um, so, so I'm not going to be satisfied with them being able to speak because every American has the right to speak and voice their opinion. We need to give them true freedom and allow them the ability to to make decisions like any normal working adult has the ability to. If they don't like the situation, they should be able to move. They should be able to voice their opinion and have no fear that their voice is going to cause any type of retaliation because they don't have the freedom to, to, to change their environment. Amen. All right. And um, Miranda, I'm really interested to hear about this from your standpoint, since you are the athletic director, you're the one who are working with the kids who are trying to play at and perform at a college level. How do you feel about everything that's going on right now? Um, as a, I mean, somebody was, I forgot who was speaking about, you know, just the schedule of a uh, collegiate athlete. So, I, you know, running track at state, <laughs> yeah, running track at state, you know, practice was, um, you will want to go back. Your schedule was set from the time you step on campus to the time you leave campus. It's set. Like, um, you know, a daily schedule for me is getting up, weightlifting at five o'clock in the morning, go breakfast, class, study hall, lunch, practice, you know, um, study hall again, sleep because you got to get an adequate amount of time eating somewhere in there. Get back, do it again. You know, and I could be leaving on Thursday morning to go to a track meet. You know, and so I'm missing Thursday and Friday's class. So I have to make sure that I got the notes and everything like that. Oh. You know, and it's, it's, it's a tedious, hard schedule. And um, and I know for power five schools, like I know that's that's tedious, um, especially when a lot of football players, a lot of people don't know is that, you know, some of them can't even do the major that they want. Because it conflicts right. with their practice time. So there, I've seen, like, I know I have a friend that ran for the University of Florida. And he was told he could not major in this because it conflicted with their track schedule. You know, wow. I cannot imagine them, me at State, you know, saying that you can't be a biology education major. What do you mean? Like, that's what I said I wanted to go to school for. Like, you're not going to make me change the business just because it fits your schedule or it's easier. So I think that they should have a voice in saying that because not every kid is going to go to the league. You know, they're going to play four years, four, five years, whatever, and then they're going to go to into the workforce or whatever they choose to do. And you should set them up for success for that. If the league comes, then great. But you want to have a fallback plan. Now, as far as the transfer, um, we have a lot of kids. We, it, it's a transfer culture now. Like, um, you know, when I was in high school, like I – Three high schools in Sumter. I couldn't see myself going to Crestwood or Lakewood. That just wasn't me. Hey, I'm easy, going to... easy, easy. I know. I know. But, but she know, right when though. You come, <laughs> when you come from that that environment, I'm pretty sure it is for Crestwood. You know, if you were, um, you know, you were ingrained in that environment and you knew, like, grew up watching kids from Crestwood play. You like, I'm going to be on Crestwood's team, or I'm going to be on Lakewood's team. Like for me, it was something high, and I couldn't imagine going to any other school, even if maybe at the time I know Crestwood's basketball girls basketball team was great. And it could have been easy for me, like, you know what? We ain't cutting it over here sometime. Let me just transfer. That's too easy. You know, I, I stuck it out with my team. We ended up did going to lower state championship my sophomore, I mean, my senior year. Like, but imagine if I hadn't stuck it out and I just said it was easier to just transfer. And we see that, I see that now as an athletic director. Like, there's so many transfer rules put in place for high school athletics because a parent is shopping their kid around to the best possible school. Now, as a parent myself, I'm going to do my homework on the school prior to even putting them in that situation. I'm going to know the coach. And the same thing goes for college athletics. I tell my parents all the time who are getting, whose kids are getting recruited, do your homework on the school, you know, talk with the coaches, sit down at like figure out, cause your kids going to be there for the next four years and you're not going to be there to, you know, hold their hand. I see it a lot, especially with mothers and sons, you know, they want to, um, they want to be there and, but they can't 
you're not going to be on campus with your son. You're going to have to trust your son with the coach that really has the best interest at heart. And are you really sitting down with these power five coaches and realizing, are, is it, are they just another football player out there just to do this manual labor for you four years? And, you know, you look good, but then you're not putting my son in the best possible position for anything else. Like, that's the responsibility of the parent and the athlete to find that out from the get-go so you won't have too many transfers. Now, going back to what you were saying, if you do get there and it's not what you thought it was, I should have the freedom to go where I want to go. And the transfer portal portal allows, you know, for NCAA allows them to do that to a certain extent, depending on, you know, what school. They do have stipulations put in place because they don't want a kid going from Clemson to USC to Coastal to Winthrop. You know, all, like, it's just too much. So... Um, that's my stance on that. I think that, you know, they should do their homework prior to, so you won't have to transfer when you get there. If you know what you're getting into, you can make an informed decision just because you did your research on all these programs, not just going because, you know, oh, Hey, Oklahoma wants me. Okay. Did, did you sit down with the coach? Did you walk around campus? Did you talk to the advisors? Did you do what you need to do? But some parents don't know that they've never been down the recruiting process. And that's where I come in. So that's why, you know, and I tell my head coaches, walk these parents through this. They don't know. For some right. of them, they don't. And it's our job. And we're put in this position to educate them on that and help them through this process. So we don't get to a point where you're at, like where you're wanting to transfer. Awesome. All right, Kev, you have anything else to say before we get going to our next topic? I'm going to be very light on it, and I'm going to try not to go all over the place. But when I was thinking <laughs> about it and college having or college players having more power, you know, I'll just say you got to look at the system and the environment in which they play in. And, you know, like you say, the parents got to figure out and navigate. Some parents don't know because they didn't go to school and stuff like that. There's a lot. I say that to say the NCAA obviously is not they're, they're The forefront of their mindset is not. How can we make that easier for players? How can we make access easier? And what I'll end with is, uh, you know, i not saying this is my favorite person on earth, but a couple of years ago, I don't know if people remember, the Ball family, you know, went from, you know, regular family to popularity. A lot of people didn't like LeVar Ball and, like, how he was handling things with his son. But when you really look at it, right, he did something that, you know, a lot of kids don't get for their parents. Like he, you know, 250% believes that they can do anything, like just anything, right? Yeah. He could, they could beat LeBron one-on-one. -on -one. Like they, they could do that. He, he's, he's said yeah. stuff like that. So um, I'm not knocking him for being 100% confident in the kid. I knock him for, you know, probably not necessarily, probably being a little more showboat than he needs to be, but to each his own, right? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, the point is, though, he would like, he didn't let the system take advantage of his kids, right? Because there's a plenty of people out there, plenty of agents, plenty of uh, universities, staff members, et cetera. Just the whole thing would have been different for the Ball family had they not gone through their dad. Now, did, did it necessarily get them where they wanted to go? Who knows? There, There's not been another father, in my opinion, in the league really like that. They got as much attention. I won't say they're not fathers in the league. But that was just, in my in my mind, it really stuck out in terms of, you know, like kind of tying it all together, just family involvement, period, you know, where you want your kids to go. A lot of people just don't have that. So the league, you know, the league is going to do what they're going to do because that, that's the point. They're, they're, they're trying to make money more than anything. Okay. What I'll end it's a with, business. Exactly. It's a business. I'll end with this. Um, college of Charleston, I went on four years. That's my alma mater for college. Um, I was actually on the other side of this conversation in school. I used to talk trash about all the players. Uh, I guess you could say I was a player hater. It wasn't even that. I just, in my mindset then, I thought they got more perks being on, like they had a kitchen that they had access to and stuff like that. Like everybody doesn't get that. When I grew up, however, did more research, found out like you got, we, we had a kid, he was from uh, West Africa or South Africa, someplace in Africa. I don't know. Anyway, springtime or fall comes, fall break comes. He doesn't get to go home like everybody else. You know, he's got to figure that out. And like, uh, Miranda said, um, you're, you're like, school is a full-time job. So you got that. You can't just go out and work, man. Like I, I even think about the Fab Five documentary, Chris Weber, you know, looking in the footlocker at his Jersey selling for $80 while he goes home to eat ramen noodles. And they're going to uh. the NCAA finals, you know, arguably the best NCAA team to do it. So it's, it, it's, it's, 
when the NCAA decides that we're going to try to back the players, it's going to be a sacrifice, right? Because you're going to inevitably lose money to the people mm-hmm. that are playing for you. But that will be worth it. And I think the product will ultimately be better when they kind of conform it and get on the same page with everybody else. All right. That's awesome. What we got up next on the docket, Kev? So the last one right now, um, or actually, no, I apologize. We got one more first. Uh, the NBA tracking device <laughs> for the uh, the players. What are, I thought this one was pretty interesting. Um, what are your thoughts, Sean, on, on the players wearing supposedly not tracking devices? They say they're health devices, but they do track more than just health. So. All right, so before I go on the tracking devices themselves, If y'all noticed that Orlando's getting really hit hard by the pandemic right now, even worse than everyone else. Florida had like 4,000 cases in one day. Yeah, last night. They're they're getting the asses kicked. And (laughs) to me, it's clear that it's not really safe to resume the season. And it's so clearly a money grab, and it should be against any league that cares at all about player safety, or general ethics. And I said, I've been saying it for a solid month. The NBA can have all these plans and sub-plans and contingencies, but they're all centered on hope. And Mm -hmm. that hope is looking really dim right now. (laughs) It's looking so dim. And I don't see how they do it without taking a real hit on the PR side as the one league who actually cares about their players. Mm -hmm. As far as the, the tracking device... They say that's for health. I can probably name 10 devices off the top of my head where you can monitor temperature and heart rate and everything without tracking where you are like you're on house arrest. I think that it's a real it's a it's a real concern for players. It should be against their privacy and basically against their autonomy as adult professionals that they know what to do and they shouldn't be policed as to where to go. And I, I have a lot more to say about it, Pat. I just let all you guys go because I, I got a lot to say about the subject. It's really bothering me. It's been bothering me for the longest time. Well, I'm gonna be really quick because the ring is cool, but um, didn't they just already slide something like this on us with the cell phone update? Have y'all checked y'all cell phones to see the 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 COVID nineteen tracker that's on there? They yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess what was it like? Maybe 48 or 72 hours ago, T-Mobile had a experience a nationwide outage well all the carriers had some update going on so um they're already tracking us or trying to at least <laughs> all so, right I mean, the ring is just True. another step it's another wearable um basically if you take the ring and put it on you're just giving consent at this point for them to track you um i agree with sean 100 i'm an adult you don't need to police me um but then again on the other on the other side of the argument there are adults that are arguing against wearing masks because it infringes upon their constitutional rights. Um, so, I mean, there are people out there who will see this as beneficial. Um, there are some out there that will see this as infringing upon one's rights. I personally am all about health and safety. Um, I've always been of the mindset that if it's safe to play, they should play. And Sean, I'm kind of moving towards your your side now. It, it ain't looking too safe out in these streets it right now. So look at them, buddy. I don't know. <laughs> if if I gotta put something extra on to protect me, that means it's not very safe. Right. So how you feel about everything, Miranda? Uh, very, very short and sweet. I just if I was in the NBA right now, I would it wouldn't even be a question. Like, count me out. Especially if I was like a real high profile player like LeBron or somebody. Like, nah, I'm good. Like I'm not doing that. Like, you know, and I just think like, like you said, it's all a money hungry thing. Like if you truly cared about the players in the NBA, you wouldn't, it wouldn't even be a thought to like the owners could have spoken up and said, Hey, like when I'm not going to put my team in jeopardy like that, like, nah, we're good. We'll sit this one out. And I think when more players start to come forward and like, you know, be adamant about it. Cause I think the players that are coming now don't, ha- don't stand a chance of, you know, going far into the playoffs or, you know, winning. So there, it's easy to speak out if I'm sorry. If I'm on a sorry team, like, yeah, I ain't playing. You know, of course I'm not going to make it to the playoffs. Like, so, so, yeah, but I think they just need to take more of a stance and be like, nah, because you can't run the, the, the NBA without the players. Not going to have it. So 
that's that's pretty much it. I don't like the tracking device. Um, I think if you're going to put something like that, do that for the essential workers, like people who are really out in the trenches trying to help people, not just because you want an NBA season to happen. Like it's not that serious. So, all right. So, Kev, how you feel, bro? Man, so it's a bittersweet moment for me just because, you know, as as my buddies know, I am a diehard Laker fan. You know, it's been tough these last six, seven years. I thought this was going to be the year, you know, like, man, like, oh, we're, we're finally going to at least get to the playoffs, season gone. So I hate that, man. But in all seriousness, I agree wholeheartedly with what y'all are saying. My job has personally done some similar things, and it's like, again, this is unprecedented. Like, everybody's having to make sacrifice and do things. Is this really worth risking the health of the player? You know, like, if, if something did go south mm-hmm. and there was an outbreak and you lost five to ten players, you know, is that, you know, after the fact, will that have been the, oh, we shouldn't have done that? Why even risk it, you know? like, And right. I'm not saying, God forbid that happens. I definitely hope that doesn't happen. You know, you just... You're going to have to give society time to figure out how we move forward and go forward from here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I, you know, full disclosure, my, you know, my dad is in uh, high school coaching, Sumter High coach football. And I, I've talked to him daily. Hey, what are they saying about y'all coming back and playing? Some similar things Patrick heard. They want players to wear masks. You know, they want to do, you know, certain things. They want to take temperatures before practice. My dad is just like the tool is just or the school is just totally uh, totally un- uh, removed from what actually goes on. But half these kids ride bikes to practice in the summer. They're going to show up sweaty, hot. You're going to ask me to take their temperature. Half the kids are going to pop up over 100 just from being kids doing what they do outside. So it's like, you know, your mind's got to be right. And it's just, it's. I'm not saying people are wrong. Like, obviously, everybody wants to move forward. But, you know, better safe than sorry, I feel like, you know, until, you know, like... Our, and again, say what you want about the government. You know, I'm not trying to be political either way, but they don't even know. They, they can't give time frames. So, mm-hmm. you know, for anybody to give a time frame right now, my job said 30 days. What's going to be different in 30 days for y'all? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make much sense. So. Right. Last, and oh, I just ahead, wanted to. Uh, sorry, go ahead, bro. Oh, you, you go ahead. Yes. All right, man. So. The biggest takeaway I get from all of this, like everyone trying to open up on arbitrary time dates, is that the virus don't give a fuck about our, our time stances. <laughs> they, they'll, like, just because we say, yeah, we're going to open up in 90 days, the virus ain't going to be like, all right, cool, like, you know, day 89 at, at midnight, I'm going to be out y'all here, man. They're like, why don't y'all say so earlier? Why don't you just say 45 days? Like, this virus don't care. It's going to do what it does. And we should just be focused on being safe. We have tons of examples, basically every other civilized country of how to handle the virus and how to be safe until it's safe to play. And now all those nations are getting the fruit of their labor. Uh, New Zealand, they're playing with fans because I think they, they were coronavirus free for a couple of days and then a couple of Brits messed that up flying in, but their, their citizens like they they did everything correctly and now they're basically back to normal. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a lesson of I, I think we're we're too arrogant about the virus, like it's just gonna go away. And we just need to be safe and really take care of take care of ourselves and taking care of each other. And mm-hmm. I think just due to that Trump. and being not <laughs> Trump, 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 Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And and just collectively, we really messed this up. And I really hope that we learned our lessons from this and move forward in a better way. Do I think this is going to happen? No, but there's always hope. Mm-hmm. Kyrie, right. this is when you say we're not playing. <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh man, if I was Kyrie, I would have broke out everything. I'd be doing my dance right now. I'd be like, man, what would Kareem do right now? What would Bill Russell do? What would Ali do? You're letting our ancestors down by playing right now. Today right we're in that state. <laughs> yeah, but they they shut them up. And oh god, while we're on Kyrie, <laughs> I, yeah, while we're on Kyrie. Because Pat, I, I, oh my God, Pat, they pooped on Kyrie in the media. Kyrie did leak none of this out. 
that was all everyone. Yeah, that was trash. That was that trash. Was really, really bad. It's not like Kyrie was trying to make a funk about anything. This was him. Dick, they were the private conversation talking to his fellow players about the best way to move forward. And mm-hmm. he, I don't think that's him shaking the table. I think that's him giving voice to concerns that a lot of people had. That's how we talk to one another. We're going to start right. our own league. We're going to do our own thing. That's Every black person has that conversation. That's not anything. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I ride on Kyrie hard, but for that specifically, yeah, that was trash. And I'm, I'm on your side with, with that one, Kyrie. They, they did you dirty. They did you dirty. <laughs> I'll co-sign on that, too. And this is actually very interesting that we're saying this right now. Do you, do any of y'all watch Game of Zones or have watched Game of Zones yes. the latter seasons? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, that last they episode don't was funny. Do the same thing to Kyrie and like all the last seasons, where like he's pretty much a whistleblower. You know, they're always coming to him saying, "Well, what are your thoughts?" You know, like they, they, I, I just at this point, man, I'm like, man, Kyrie must be the scapegoat for the week. <laughs> they they always trying to make it seem like he got an opinion about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watch him, man. All right, so I, I always I wanted to get to our, our first music segment of shooting the shit. I think, right? So yeah, yeah. Let, let's go into. Yeah, I'm really interested in this, man. All right, so for those that have not heard it, um, J Cole, you know, supposedly has come out with a diss track against Young Lady No Name. It is being labeled a hip hop beef, very minute, nothing like Pusha T Drake or Meek Mill Drake, yeah. anything like that. But just more so differences of opinion seem like on, you know, black black people, I think, have this agreement in some way, shape, or form with another person of color at some point in their life. Sean, what are your thoughts? All right. So I think the actual beef was pretty straightforward and kind of boring because Cole got smoked. <laughs> he got smoked on Twitter. No name put out a reply, and she smoked him there. That part is not very interesting to me. The interesting part for me, is the discussion of the different parts of activism that people use and how other people value them. So, I don't think Cole should have made a song about No Name in the first place. I thought that should have been a phone call. I thought that should have been a text. I thought that should have been a DM. Anything. But he's been active on the front lines during protests and throughout throughout his career. He's made a ton of songs about the black experience and everything else. And I also think that it was a huge step for him to publicly admit that he isn't as real, as well-read as he should be. And I don't think they should have gotten smoked on Twitter for that. Not for that. And I think it's important to remember that if someone has good intentions, he should be allowed to admit his blind spots and given grace and some room to grow. The thing for Cole that I challenge him to do is to actually use the feedback that he gets and get whatever recommendations that he receives from people and to actually use it because he can't use that excuse next time around. Uh, I didn't know excuse. Uh, oh, I didn't read this. I didn't know this is this excuse. It's, uh, I'm sure he got a, a ton of resources at his disposal now, and now it's up for him to do the work and actually grow as the leader that he aspires to be. So I'm going to disagree wholeheartedly. Oh, yeah. I don't think Cole got smoked. <laughs> I also don't think that No Name is out of place to respond the way she did. I actually think this is much ado about nothing. Let's just say this is not new to J. Cole. He has done this before where he speaks to his audience and maybe not even his audience, but he's speaking to people through his music. So to say he should have made a phone call, well, shit, he could have called Kanye and Wale when he made the song about them, but he didn't. He was speaking directly to them Because that's his art. That's what he does. He's an artist. He's a musician. So I personally, when this came out, everyone immediately attached no name to it. I wasn't one of those people. I listened to it. It's like he saw something. He's speaking to the general population. Uh, Maybe people who have encountered this particular type of uh, feeling when they looked at some of our more vibrant and vocal leaders being women in the movement. Um, Black people, black women in general are fed up with being silenced, with not being heard. So they are definitely the engine in this uh, in this movement. Um, they should. They they are holding their own. And as black men, we have to step up. I personally wasn't of this belief, but my girl sat me down and talked. And fellas, we got to kind of listen. 
Um, but I don't think Cole was trying to call her out to demean her because during the song, his tone is, listen, what you're saying is right. And you've made me realize that I am not the person who I'm claiming to be. Maybe I feel some type of way about what you said. I'm smart enough to handle the message you're giving me, but there are other people who are not smart enough to handle this message. So maybe if you presented this message differently, you'll reach a, a wider mass. I want to help you re get your message out, basically is what the song to me said. Um, and that was just a small portion of the song. I mean, he really talked about tone for five to seven seconds, however many two bars takes in the song. Um, but she's well within her right to say, don't police my tone. I'm saying it the way I want to say it because that's the way I want my message to be received. Where I part from all of this nonsense that is when they start bringing out these college SAT words, misogyny, I'm not with that. I don't think... <laughs> I don't simple think, ass word, G. <laughs> man, I don't think it's anywhere close to that stratosphere because basically you're saying at this point men and women can't disagree without there being some type of bias or prejudice inherently involved in that disagreement. I don't think that to be the case. I don't like how my boss at my work talks to me sometimes. That's a male. If I don't like a tone, I don't like a tone. It's not policing all bosses. It's policing my boss and the message he's giving me. So that's where I'm at with it. I'm not too, um, I want to say, I'm not going to try and dissect it any more than that because I'm in the crowd that thinks that the dissection is what's causing the, the problem anyways. But definitely don't think there's misogyny involved. Um, I don't think that Cole, for his entire career, who's been a champion for black women, deserves to get the wrath of what, what is being brought to him. So that, that's just kind of where I'll leave it okay, All right, Miranda. I will have to piggyback off of him. I think that I don't think that there, as a woman, I don't think it was misogynistic. And when people were, um, and when it first got sent to me, it was from a girl I used to coach. And she was like, yeah, I listened to the first 30 seconds of it. And, you know, he, he was wrong. Wait, so you, you formed an opinion only listening to the first 30 seconds of the song. Because to me, to me, I think it was, he went through like a thought process. Because by the end of the song, you know that he, he was kind of saying what you said, like, let's, break it down to the general public or that people that's not understanding that, you know, what the movement is all about. Educate us. You know, I, I don't think that he was wrong in saying that. I don't think she was, he was, she was wrong in her response. Now for me, I had never heard of no name before this, never heard of her. So I also think that, that it was a good thing that it happened because I was like, wow, she's dope. And I would have never known her had J Cole not had beef with her. So I think it's also too good that you're bridging two platforms together a little bit um, because you got, I'm pretty sure it's some J. Cole fan base that did not know no name, but now are interested in her message. And I think that, um, I think too that he was kind of giving her a compliment too at the end, like, hey, I know you're smart and you have a great voice. Like, I want to support you in whatever way. And like you said, he's a musician. So he's going to communicate and convey his emotions through his music. And and people who are like just now getting on J. Cole, I'm like, he's been an advocate for black women this whole time. Right. Like you can't, oh, you just oh. got here. So just do a little bit of research <laughs> on what he's already done first. And, you know, I like the, the quote in the song he put about um, him, him having a college degree and that doesn't make him an expert on these social issues. Like, uh -huh. cause a lot of people think, oh, I went to school and I got a degree. That doesn't make you a smart person. Mean <laughs> you know, shit, really? <laughs> exactly. So I, I was like, I say it all the time to my students too. Like, you know, just because people got some letters behind their name or some degrees does not make them smart. I know plenty of drug dealers who are intelligent people, <laughs> you know, and I know a lot of people who have college degrees that do not know how to think cognitively or critically or anything like that. So um, I, I'm glad I hope it's squashed because um, we don't need to be divided in a time like this. Uh, you know, people are looking for any little division that we have and we need for this Black oh, Lives oh. Matter movement to be taken seriously. We have to be together. So I hope this is like dead and we move on from it and people learn. And now people who did not know no name like me are now able to follow her like on Twitter and stuff and see what she's actually about. Cause I think she's pretty dope. You know, when I actually started doing some research on it and like I said, I would have never known her if J Cole, you know, if that hadn't happened on Twitter 
I uh, I wholeheartedly agree with what everybody's saying. Um, I think it's one. I'm not gonna lie. I was a little sad when I first heard about it and and read and listened to anything, because I agree. I was like, there's not really a beef here. It sounds like more of a disagreement of opinion, of course, between right. two musicians. Healthy conflict, but, if you yeah, will. but they're they're yeah, healthy conflict. But I didn't. I hate it was labeled as beef. First off, um, <laughs> that makes it sound a little more crazy than what it really was. And I do agree. I think he was mostly laying out his thought process behind, you know, what he perceives and sees in the world. Um, I hate too, on both sides for him and her, right? And cele- black celebrities in general, like they become the voice of the people because of their status. And I know yeah. that's not necessarily fair to them because I've seen a couple of tweets on Twitter too talking about. J. Cole ain't here and Kendrick Lamar ain't doing this and that. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, what more do you want those guys to do? Yeah, like, what do you want those guys to do for us, you know? Like, at a certain point, like, we, we got to research on our own. We got to move forward on our own. Um, we got to be more progressive together. And like, and like Miranda said, especially now, Black Lives Matter movement and just black unity as a whole like i I get it we're not gonna agree on every little thing i wouldn't want us to we we wouldn't be who we are if we did but in that same token um i said it last week with the daryl davis thing social discourse we in this day and age got to be able to you know have that conversation with somebody where we don't agree with what they say but we can still cordially and respectfully have discourse about it and at the end of the day, it may just be like, hey, we just got we just got difference of opinions. We ain't going to agree on it today. But at minimum, having those conversations, being able to have those tough conversations, I wish there was more of a consistent platform, I guess, so to speak, where like aside from music, you know, these guys can come give their opinion or something of that. I don't, I don't even have the answer. I don't know what. But that way, I, I feel like that would aside from just the music and people like me and you trying to interpret what we're hearing, you could just also get an opinion real quick and be like, Hey, this is where I stand. This is what, but I, and, and, you know, Cole don't got to explain himself to nobody. Neither does, neither does no name. Like I said, mm-hmm. I didn't know who she was. I had to look her up. She owes me no explanation. I agree <laughs> with what she said as well. Cause there are people like that. Like, honestly, it made me think of, uh, what's the lady's name? Is it Candace Owens? Or she, you know, not, oh, like not, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's tough to listen to her. Like your message would probably be better received if you chose your rhetoric a little differently. It's not that I disagree with what you're saying, but you know, you just, you start off wrong and it turns people off automatically, you know? So like, I feel like it's, it's a combination of that, man. It's, uh-huh. uh, I like the songs. I, li- I like, I like both the songs. I thought the lyrics were done. I'll I tell y'all was- what, no name better drop a track with Future or Lil Uzi soon, or else I'm not going to listen to it. Right? Well, the people officially be over. Listen, if you drop it, you drop a song with Young Doug, she got me. But yeah, like, uh, I'm going to join the train to not really know who No Name was until a couple of days ago. Although my homegirl on Twitter, Tris, she's been on No Name for a long time. And I did some research myself, and man, she has such shit together. The stuff that she's been tweeting even prior to, it's really been together. And it's so obvious that her her standpoint is so thoroughly researched and well-read and is so clear. And she's really the ideal candidate for someone who's into activism, like whether it's through her, her art or in the streets on the front lines. With that said, Cole is not enemy. Just mm-hmm. because he admitted that he needs to read more, the effort is clearly there. And right. for people like that, we need to be able to just be able to give feedback to them and let them know, like, all right, cool, like, you don't know this, but here you go, and we trust you to do the right thing with this new knowledge and to move forward accordingly. So I, I think it was really constructive. Like, uh, Twitter is always going to be the wrong place to have this stuff because <laughs> everyone's just going to try to score points. Like, Twitter really ain't, ain't the, the place for any type of, rational discourse especially when there's some type of conflict so like i I figured that was going to end badly but i don't think the the beef in of itself was a bad thing because we Mm -hmm. got this conversation out of it so and i think people after the smoke clear the people are going to start to have really constructive 
conversations about it, and we're really going to be able to move forward as a whole. So I think it was a good thing. And, yeah, and black too. women, please remember, your your black men are here with y'all. Um, all men are dumb. All men are stupid. <laughs> Thank you. Forgive yes. us. Bear yeah. with we're, us. We're goofy. We're on the way. We're trying to do the best we can. Please. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy for us to ask for more time, but please give us time. We're trying to move with you. We're with you. We love you. Black no, women. We're we goofy. Like, it is what it is. We, we're goofy. We're trying, though. Like, we're behind you, all right? Correct. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, I got okay. it. So, <laughs> all right. So, I think this is going to close us out. Yeah, Kev? Yeah. Um, if anybody doesn't have anything else, um, I don't know if Miranda wants to, you know, you kind of gave a little spill about you being uh, in your position as director of athletics. So, congratulations mm-hmm. to that. Thank really, you, really Brad. happy. That That's a big deal, um, baby. You have anything? I guess I would end with. Do you have anything? Being the only black female in the chat right now, anything <laughs> to inspire uh, younger black females, or it could be anybody, uh, any color, any creed, but anything that you want to leave the people with to kind of, I don't know, just words of thought from yourself. Um, I think it'll be piggybacking on. I think what you said, uh, healthy discourse. It's okay for people to disagree on things, but I think that you. The more that you talk with people who have a difference of opinion than you, the more you learn. Just, just like um, I used this analogy with one of my friends the other day. I'm like, um, when people go into theology, uh, you learn about different religions, not necessarily your belief, but all beliefs. Not necessarily you agree with that, but it's good to have the knowledge that of somebody else's belief. And the same thing with political, sports, whatever. You know, just talking to people who don't have the same mindset of you as you. Um, just allows you to kind of expand your thinking when you know how to, So, because I know how to approach different people who may be like Republicans or whatever. Like I know how to approach them when having conversations about anything, um, white people, Asians, whatever, it doesn't matter. Just having conversations with people outside of my circle allows me to grow and better how to handle situ- future situations. So I think that that's a skill that I'm trying to teach our kids how to do as kids so we're not turning into adults that like you said like to argue on twitter because that there's no productive conversation happening there and i tell them all the time it's okay to disagree with somebody like it's cool it's okay to have a difference of opinion but find out why they have that difference of opinion so Mm -hmm. all right all right so that that'll be a great way to close our show Miranda, thank you so much. We're going to have you on for a special interview. Just me and you. Yes, Miranda, Miranda, Miranda. So so thankful for you joining the show and giving us everything you had to offer from your position. Thank you. Uh, every, yeah, everyone else, please be safe. Uh, I know, Pat, you got you got something going where you have to be in public and your son as well. So please be careful. Be safe. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, guys. Kev. Uh, Kev, you, <laughs> you you might have COVID, so we'll yeah, see you for I'm, a couple of weeks. I, I, I'm going to say, yeah, hey, if y'all don't hear from me next week, man, y'all, y'all know what's going on. They haven't <laughs> confirmed or denied that COVID travels through Ethernet cable at all yet, have they? We're still, we're all safe. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're Everybody, still learning. Yeah, we we might all have it. So, yeah, so everyone, just be safe. And thanks again for listening. That's the wrap for the show. Shooting the shit. Episode 6. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, all that good stuff. Wherever you hear stuff, listen to us.